would like to welcome you back to another one of our Bible Labs. We are in the series, What Do We Mean By?, where we're answering and defining common words that we use in the church, just giving meaning and focus into those words that we use quite often and usually fail to give definition to. And today we are looking at the word leadership. What do we mean by leadership? And it's a great time to look at that word and explore it and unpack it in our culture today. There's so much change happening. Leaders are really being scrutinized probably uh, at a higher level than ever before. And so it's good to pause and look at how we define this word, leader and leadership. Before we do, let's take a moment to pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth. Thank you that it is relevant in every moment of our lives. We pray that as we seek to unpack the meaning of leadership today, that you would guide and direct our time, that we may learn more about what it means to be a leader who honors you and glorifies you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so what do we mean by leader? Who is a leader? I want to start and put a little stick figure down here. Okay, and really leaders serve across a varying number of contexts. Now, I'm a person that believes that everyone is a leader, and I will explain that and unpack that here as we walk through this together, but we have parents. Parents are leaders. We have uh, teachers. Teachers are leaders. We have mentors. We have um, bosses or managers. Uh, you can go on and on and on. There's uh, leaders in the church. There's pastors. There's government leaders. We have government officials. And we could make uh, a list a mile long of all of these different people. And one of the things that they have in common, this whole group, is they all have some level of influence. Now, when we say that everyone is a leader, that doesn't mean that everyone leads the same way or everyone has the same level of influence. Obviously, let's put a smiley face on our leader. As we come over here on this side, we have good leaders, some that would be defined as good, and we have bad leaders. There are leaders who um, generally lead for their own self-interest or lead in a way that demoralizes and demeans other people. And we have leaders who are good leaders that really care and love and serve the people that they lead. And there's levels of leadership. And this is something that we have limited control over. What level of influence that we have. God really ordains and gives. He gives leadership and he takes leadership away. So not every good leader leads at the same level. Think of a sports team, for instance. Uh, you have coaches on a sports team, but not every coach is the head coach. Some of the coaches are assistant coaches. That doesn't mean that an assistant coach is any less of a good leader than the head coach. It just means that they're leading at a different level of leadership. And so we, again, have some level of control over this, but not much. You know, sometimes we really don't have control over what level of leadership that we lead at. We, we really have control over 
one area of our leadership, and that is how we lead. That is what we have control over. As we talk about leadership and what leadership is, how we lead really determines what kind of leader we are and often can be a factor in what level of leadership we will ultimately be leading at. So what does the Bible say about leadership, how to lead, what it looks like, what a good leader looks like? We know that Jesus defines leadership greatness in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 22, we're going to look at here in just a few seconds. Uh, Jesus answers a great question, and then he, he gives a picture of what leadership greatness looks like. But he also paints a significant portrait of a leader in John chapter 10. It's one of the great chapters in John. We know it well. You probably know it well. It's the chapter where Jesus uses the illustration of the good shepherd. And again, what a great portrait, what a great picture, painting of a leader. Paul uncovers attitudes of a leader in Philippians chapter 2. And again, these attitudes go back to Jesus and his ministry and example. And then we want to look at an example from Nehemiah and his book in the Old Testament where there is a beautiful picture of leadership illustrated really throughout the whole book, but we're just going to take a quick run through Nehemiah chapter 3 today here. So let's start with Luke chapter 22 and see what leadership greatness looks like according to Jesus. So a dispute arose among his disciples as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest, the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercised exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. And so here is one way that people lead. This is the way uh, that the kings of the Gentiles lead. They exercised lordship over their people. They were Lord and their people were the servants who served them. And Jesus says, not so. Not so with you. Rather, again, this is so true. If we want to lead in a way that honors God, something has to look different than the way the world leads. So rather, let's flip this whole thing on its head. The greatest among you becomes as the youngest, and the leader as the one who serves. Now, this is the big, big word that will be carried through as a theme in leadership as Jesus defines it. For which is greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not one who reclines at table? But I am among you as the one who serves. So Jesus defines greatness in leadership as service, serving, being defined as one who serves. So you move into John chapter 10. Jesus is talking about 
the good shepherd and it's a beautiful illustration it actually starts i'll write the whole passage up here so you can study it on your own john chapter 10 verses 1 to 21 all good shepherd all good characteristics of a leader i believe if you take some notes underline or highlight what you'll find is you'll find 10 characteristics in those 21 verses of a good leader jesus comes to this conclusion in verse 11 he says i am the good shepherd and then he defines what the good shepherd does and it's so closely connected to serving to giving away look at what he says he lays down his life for the sheep gives himself away he gives up his ambitions and motivations he gives up his desire to rule desire to control desire to manipulate he opens his hands he lays down his life and he leads one of the things that we like to say when it comes to leadership at calvary monument bible church is love leads best And this isn't some kind of wishy-washy kind of love. This is love as Jesus defines it. Jesus says in John, he says, Greater love hath no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. It was Jesus' example. It's the example that he calls us, those of us who are leading, all of us. He calls us to do the same thing. Love leads best and so paul really grabs hold of jesus's example in the new testament and just runs with it this idea of loving loving leading everything um, serving being one of the primary evidences of strong leadership and he writes to the church in philippians he says let each of you not look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But look at what he did. Verse 7, he emptied himself by taking the form of a king. No. By taking the form of a ruler. No. Lord. No. Master. No. By taking the form of a servant. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He came in the form of a servant. He was born in our likeness. And his example is a great example for us to follow. If you want to do um, a little research on this style of leadership, you could go on uh, Google and you could type in servant leadership. But the greatest example of a servant leader that we have is Jesus Christ, hands down. And church, friends, he's still our example today. We can't find a better leader 
than Jesus. And if we could live like him, if we could lead like him, if we could love like him, if we could teach the way he taught, care the way he cared, with all those that he brought into our pathways, my goodness, the influence that he would have in us and through us, even in our weakness, would absolutely be beyond anything that we could imagine. And so in the Old Testament, as we wrap things up today, there is this man named Nehemiah. Nehemiah was given a pretty difficult task. He was called to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now, forgive my square. I'm not an architect. Rectangle, sorry. Here's Jerusalem. Okay, we're going to put it right here. And when you think about Jerusalem, think about a college campus. We all know about the size of college campuses. So when Jerusalem was small, it was the size of a small college campus. As it grew larger and larger, think of Penn State. Imagine if you woke up tomorrow and the Lord had impressed on your heart that you were to build a massive stone wall around the campus of, let's say, Millersville University in Lancaster. That was your task. Build this wall. Where would you even begin? And this was Nehemiah's task. You open the book of Nehemiah and the exiles, those who were in captivity are now being set free. They're coming back to the promised land. And Nehemiah is the one who's been tasked with being the lead contractor in getting this wall built. An amazing job. Where would you even begin? How would you know where to begin? And not only that, the reality of having all of these people coming back from exile is you had people who had been influenced by every province from where they were in exile. So you had different languages, really different people groups coming together, coming back to their land. Some of them spoke different dialects. And so in chapter 3, you have this beautiful picture. The wall is beginning to be built. Nehemiah has assigned every single person a job. Something of, I believe, uh, 8 to 11 gates are built around the wall. You have all of these gates going up. And at every gate, you have different groups of people building. You have priests that are building. You have goldsmiths that are building. It says that we have perfumers that were building. We had all different people groups. There were men of Jericho. There were Tekoites. You have all of these people who are participating in this. Merchants. Everyone's building. And guess whose name is missing? All of Nehemiah chapter 3, all of the builders, all of the people, no, Nehemiah. Where is he? He is serving. He is facilitating. He is pulling together. He is building community. He is motivating, giving direction, guiding, instructing. He is orchestrating taking none of the credit, yet being responsible 
in so many ways for the construction, the very construction of this wall around what was the city of God. A beautiful example of leadership in Nehemiah's book. So what do we mean by leadership? Let's recapture this and define it in one concise, succinct kind of phrase that we can take away with us. Leadership is the intentional act of serving others with the dual motivation of glorifying God and seeing those who are being served growing in a greater love for God and a greater love for each other. Friends, that's what we're endeavoring to do. I trust that's what you're endeavoring to do. What a wonderful mission. What a wonderful way for the Lord to work in us and through us in the lives of those that he directs into our pathways. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Take care.